bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you. The Lord grant you shalom. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. Celebrate your king this morning. And remember, King Jesus is alive and well. Glory! They already did the confession for us. We already did the confession. So I have little time left. The senior pastor is out of the country. And so the service at the ICC will soon be over. And that puts a lot of pressure on me. Nonetheless, I will say the things that the Holy Spirit would want me to share with us. Those who came for the dawn service got the full loot. I want to encourage you. It is a good practice for young people to wake up early and be in the church. Be in the house of God early Sunday morning. It's a good practice. 7 a.m. you are here and then you can chill again for the second service. That's double blessing. It's awesome. We don't get this opportunity every time. So now that we have it, let's maximize it. And the Lord will honor you in Jesus' name. I'm preaching on the power of the prophetic blessing, part two. However, let me quickly make an announcement. Sunday, the 19th of June, we will have another edition of Pink and Purple Connect. And this is called the Blessing Edition. Amen? So come that day in your t-shirts and jeans and sneakers. Look as casual as you can, but be decent. The Lord bless you real good in Jesus' name. Um, Worship His Majesty will hold next month, July. And we'll have an evening of hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. The last Sunday in the evening. Um, this will be after the fast. So we're going to be in a spiritual tone of mind to worship the Lord. That's the announcement for now. The Lord honor you. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. Then I'll be in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. I'll be as fast and as quick as I can. So please pray for me. Proverbs 10, 22. And then Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Proverbs 10, 22 tells us, The blessing of the Lord... It maketh rich, and he, the Lord himself, addeth no sorrow with it. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, the original blessing that God gave Abraham might come on us, even though we, we were not born by Abraham biologically, but the same blessing will come on us through one channel, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. This is not the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's part of it. But this was the promise made by the Spirit of God to Abraham through faith. Somebody say it comes through faith. 
You want to understand that blessing? You go to verse 16. Now, to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. All right? He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed, which is Christ. So the blessing that God gave Abraham, he gave to his seed. Only one seed. Now that seed is Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, all things have become new. And such a person has access to the same blessing that God gave directly to Abraham. Can I have an amen to that? In verse 29 of the same chapter, it says, If you are Christ, therefore, then you are Abraham's seed. So you can expect the same blessing that worked in Abraham's life to work in your life. Can I have an amen to that? And so one of the ways to release this blessing is what I'm teaching. Started last week, I'm teaching today, going to continue next week. It is called the power of the prophetic blessing. The moment the blessing is released, listen, it goes into the realm of the spirit and runs ahead of you and clears every obstacle in its path, taking everything out of the way to ensure that it is fulfilled. Because the blessing is permanent. Once a word proceeds from the mouth of God, it won't return to him void. It won't return to him without achieving the purpose for which it was meant. Regardless of your background, regardless of where you're coming from. The blessing. What are the facts that we need to know about the prophetic blessing? For the benefit of those who were not here last week, I'll do a quick recap. Number one fact that you must know about this blessing, the prophetic blessing, is that it was the very last thing that God did at creation. After God made man from the dust of the earth, God pronounced the blessing on him. Because without the pronouncement of the blessing, the first man, Adam, would not be able to replenish the earth, would not be able to carry out his mission in life. Genesis 1.28. And after God blessed them, I'm sorry, and after God made them, he blessed them, saying, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion over it, replenish it. That is called the blessing. It is the blessing that empowers you to fulfill purpose. You want to fulfill your God-given purpose? Are you interested in fulfilling your God-given purpose? Then you need to be blessed. And that was what God did for Abraham. After he created Adam, rather, he blessed him. The very first thing Adam ever heard was the blessing. The curse came later. It was strange because he yielded his authority to Satan. The blessing. The blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing or the blessing is God's empowerment for you to excel in life. God wants you to excel in your field of study, in your career, in your business, in your health, in your relationship, in your marriage. When you do get married, God wants you to excel. God wants you to do well. God is not your enemy. God wants you well in your body. And God wants your children to do well. So he released the blessing after the creation of man. Number two, it is usually, what other fact do we need to know? This blessing, this prophetic blessing is usually released and deployed through words. Sometimes it is done through touch as well. We have an account in Mark 10, 16, when 
the parents brought their children to Jesus and the disciples were going to fray them away and send them away. And Jesus said, hey, don't stop the kids from coming to me because this is the kingdom of God. And he carried them and placed his hand on them and touched them and blessed them. He touched them and blessed them. You can receive a blessing through a touch. We will see also in the scripture, I'm going to read much later to see Jacob, how he blesses grandchildren. A touch is good when it is done properly and purposefully. Sometimes a friend can be hurting and you don't even have the right words to speak to them. All you do is to just hug them. Just give them a hug. And some of you have received a hug before and you know, you just got a hug from a friend and you just started crying. You just started unloading the, the burden in your heart just because they hugged you, just because they provided a shoulder to lean on. This blessing is released. It can be released through a torch, but many, many times deployed through words. That's why your words are powerful. That's why you need to be careful the kind of words you speak over your life, over your business, over your health. I don't like my life. I'm just frustrated. I'm sick and tired. What kind of business is this? Things are not going to work that way. Begin to turn that around and begin to say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I know my business is going to do well. I know, even though things are tough right now, there's going to be a better day. My tomorrow will be better than today. Today better than yesterday. Can I have an amen to that? Release through words. How did God release the blessing? Through words. How did he create the world? Through words. Genesis 1, 3, 1, 6, 1, 9, 1, 11, 1, 14, 1, 20, 1, 22. In verse 22, the Bible says, and God blessed them singing. How did he bless them? Singing. The curse also comes that way too. The blessing comes through words. Through words. Number three. Number three fact you need to know about the prophetic blessing is that it is activated by faith. Somebody say by faith. You must have faith. It's not, it won't just work automatically because Pastor Fred is telling you about it. I'm telling you because I want to have knowledge. But you need to believe. If you don't believe what I'm saying this morning, it won't work. If you believe it, it will work. <laughs> the word of God works, but you must believe it to activate it. It's like buying a SIM card back in the day. You needed to activate your SIM before it could work. There are some devices today that when you buy IT gadgets, you must activate them. They come with a code. The moment you send the activation code to a particular number, boom, it starts working. Do you have a device? Yes. But is it working? No. Why is it not working? Because it's not yet activated. Do you have the blessing? Yes. But is it working? No. Why is it not producing? Because you have not yet activated it. How do we activate the blessing? By faith. Galatians 3, 7. You must know that the people who are of who, who are faith are Abraham's seed. Galatians 3, 7. Know ye therefore that they which are faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Go to verse 9. Verse 9 tells us therefore that the people that be of faith have been blessed. With faithful Abraham. You are blessed with faithful Abraham because you are faith. Not because of your nationality. Because you are faith. You can be from Gambia or from Cambodia or from Nigeria. It doesn't mean anything. What matters is that you believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And then you are connected to the lineage of Abraham. If you go to verse 29, it says, Therefore, if you are Christ, then automatically you are Abraham's seed. Abraham is known for one thing in the Bible. Faith. is the father of faith. And how did Abraham even release the blessing? By faith. How did Isaac release the blessing? Hebrews 11, 20 and 21. Go there quickly. 
Hebrews 11 verses 20 and 21. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau by faith. He had to believe in those words he was singing. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Blessed means empowered him to prosper. By faith, Isaac empowered Jacob, his son, and Esau concerning things to come. Even though Esau came late. Next verse. By faith, Jacob, the next generation, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, the third generation. Also, when he was a dying, when he was dying, <laughs> on his deathbed, when he was 147 years old, he didn't die young. If you're 147, you're not a young man. I don't understand it when Christians die young. We are not supposed to die young. But many kill themselves by their mouth. It's not far, it's that way. I don't need to live long. Let me just fulfill purpose. Fulfill purpose at 21. Which purpose have you fulfilled? Which purpose? You have not even scratched the surface. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 18, 21. If you love life, you eat the fruit. You love death, you eat the fruit. It's the fruit you serve yourself. It's a buffet. The realm of the spirit is a buffet. You go there and serve yourself. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. And uh, what did he do? He worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I will show you how that happened in a few minutes. So, the prophetic blessing is activated by faith. Somebody say by faith. What have I told you? How many facts have I given you now? Three of them. Number one, can you do a recap? Uh-huh, quickly. The last thing God did at creation, number two. Number two, it is released and deployed through words. Number three, it's activated by faith. And number four, it shapes the future. It sculpts, S-C-U-L-P-T-S, sculpts like a sculpture. It sculpts the future. It carves, it molds the future. <laughs> and this, is, this one is very interesting. Because the moment it is deployed, it goes ahead of you. I wish every parent will have this spiritual understanding. That as we bring children to this world, let us not behave like goats and just give, give back to children and run away. Give back to them and bless them. Before the people come and begin to speak nonsensical words over the lives of the, of the child. An innocent child. Someone goes, ah, baby, 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 only care. Before they begin to say those nasty things, can you bless your child? Some of you didn't have the opportunity for your parents to do it for you, but you can do it for your children. You can sculpt the future of your daughter. Say, look, you are going to marry a king. You are a queen, so you will marry a king. You will not marry a non-entity. You won't bring a non-entity to my house. You won't bring a non-titer to my house. You won't bring a man that's not born again to my house. You are not born again. You can never marry my daughter or my son. If you don't pay tight, you will never marry my family. You won't be married to my children. Don't bring the cause here. Benihin said when he was going to get married, his father-in-law-to-be stopped him at the door of their house in America. Looked at him. America or Israel, whichever. Are you a tither? Um, sir, um, yeah, um, well, stay there, stay there. 
When you go sort yourself out with God, you come back. <laughs> the blessing. The blessing shapes the future. It runs ahead of us. The word has been released, so it goes ahead of us. And it will begin to chart the course of our destiny. It will begin to chart the course. There will be times, there will be moments that, that are going to be cloudy and gloomy. And it might look as though you are not blessed. Don't worry, the blessing is still working. You might not be able to see it, but it is still working. In the disappointment, in the heartbreaks, in the jilting, in the whatever, it is still working. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, and to them who have been called according to his purpose. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. Number five, which I'm going to share with you this morning, is that this blessing, the prophetic blessing is permanent and irreversible. It is permanent and irreversible. I wish that Christians would know what God has prepared for us. So that we don't begin to live like the rest of the world. We have an advantage. We have a Christian advantage. In every sector where we belong, there is a Christian advantage. I pray for you, church. That's why I'm teaching this. That you will have knowledge. And that you will have understanding. So that you can deploy this to your own advantage. In every sector, whether it's garment making, cosmetology, carpentry, information technology, civil engineering, medicine and surgery, accounting, law, whatever you find yourself doing, there is the Christian advantage. But we don't know many times. So our lives are not different from the unbelievers. We suffer what they suffer. We lack like they lack. We fall sick like they fall sick because we don't know. And we are not taking charge. Psalm 82 from verse 5. It says they know not. Neither will they understand. So they walk on in darkness. They carry on in ignorance. They walk on in darkness. And all the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said ye are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. He said but you shall die like men. And fall like the princes. Listen. God doesn't want us to die like men. And God doesn't want us to fall like the princes. He doesn't want us to fall anyhow, die anyhow. No, God doesn't want that. But that happens because we know not. Ignorance is the major problem of the church today. Ignorance. Ignorance because we don't seek knowledge. We spend all our time on social media where we learn nothing. How many of you know that when you are watching TV, your brain learns nothing? You're watching entertainment. Your brain learns nothing. But if you give yourself to some research, you can use the same TV to learn. You can use your internet to learn. Open your Bible and gather knowledge. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you will never know what belongs to you. And if you don't know what belongs to you, then the devil can come and slap you blue-black and you have no clue. You think it's normal. You would think that affliction is part of God's plan for your life. There might be some that are part of the plan, but how do you know the ones that are extracurricular activities? Some of us are, maybe this sickness is from the Lord. Maybe the Lord is trying to teach me a lesson. Shut up! God does not have sickness in heaven. Where will he get it from? Will he borrow from the devil to put it on you? God is a good God. Psalm 106 verse 1, 107 verse 1, 118 verse 1. God is good and his mercy endureth forever. How will a good God put sickness on his own children? Lack of knowledge. 
Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. He said, my people, he didn't say the people of the devil, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He said, because you have rejected knowledge, I have also rejected you. That's to let you know how serious God places a premium on knowledge. Get that knowledge. Read. We must be a people that read. This generation does not read. This generation does TikTok, TikTok video. You learn nothing on TikTok. It's not bad. If you can put content there. And you watch the kind of people you follow. Because who you follow determines what follows you. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. God called Abraham, Lot followed him. Genesis 13, God had blessed Abraham. The blessing rubbed off on Lot. The blessing followed Lot because Lot followed Abraham. Who you follow determines what follows you. Some of you follow all kinds of people on Instagram. You are the one following internet front stars, Yahoo boys, naked celebrities, known for nudity. Those are the people you follow. They say, I'm born again, I'm born again. You are deceiving your own self. You can't deceive me. You are deceiving yourself. Go for knowledge. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is power. The moment you have knowledge of who you are in God and what belongs to you, you can stand in the place of authority in the realm of the spirit and decree and decree and say, Satan, uh -uh, I didn't know all this while that I'm never supposed to be sick. What are you doing in my life with sickness? Get out now in the name of Jesus. Poverty, you are not supposed to be in this house. Some people think that poverty is part of the package for their life. I was born poor, so I can tell you that. But I'm no longer poor, and I can never be poor again in my life. It has, poverty has died. On top of my generation, it has died. Because I sought knowledge. Know God. Know his word. Then you will know who you are. No wonder, Proverbs 19 verse 2, it says, for the soul to be without knowledge, it is not good. Don't let your soul be without knowledge. Proverbs 24 and verse 5. A wise man increaseth. A wise man is strong. Thank you. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. As you increase in knowledge, you'll be stronger. And it is only those who, are, who do know their God. Knowledge again, no. Those who do know their God that shall be strong. There is a connection between strength and knowledge. Daniel 11, 32. But the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploit. This is one of the secrets of the Jewish nation. They know what they know. And you can't take it away from them. No wonder Paul the Apostle prayed for us. Ephesians 1 from verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, that you may know, knowledge, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. He prayed for us again in Colossians 1.10, that we may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Help me tell your neighbor, say it is time to increase in knowledge. Because some of you have some knowledge, but you need to increase. Some don't have anything at all. No knowledge of God. No knowledge of who they are in Christ. It is important that you gather knowledge. Especially knowledge of what I'm about to share with you this morning. Just a few more minutes. 
and then we'll pray. This blessing is permanent and irreversible. There was a case, I'll cut it short now, there was a case of a king called Balak, or Balak. He wanted to curse the children of Israel, whom God had blessed. So he hired the prophet by the name Balaam, and said, Balaam, I'll pay you money, any amount. Just come and curse the children of Israel. That's all I want you to do for me. Curse them. Let's see that account in Numbers 23. Numbers 23. The book of Numbers, chapter 23. Look at the man that was hired to curse. And in verse 8, he said, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? Go to verse 18. And he took up this parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he promised, has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Verse 20. Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he, God, has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. God has blessed you. Somebody say, God has blessed me. Say, God has empowered me to succeed. And it is irreversible. This guy could not reverse the blessing. He said, look, I have commandment to bless. God has blessed. He has blessed and I cannot. He has done it. I cannot undo what he has done. I see that happening for you in the name of Jesus. People just want to curse you sometimes. For no reason. They just don't like you. They don't like your face. They don't like the fact that people like you. Some of you don't have money. You don't have money. You don't have anything. Degree self, you are still struggling. And yet, some people don't like you because they don't like the fact that people like you. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? It's called beef. 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 They like to eat beef. That's why I don't eat beef. I eat chicken, goat meat, chicken, goat meat. I like to eat goat meat because a goat has no goal. If you don't have a goal, you're a goat. So I like to eat the meat. I said, this one doesn't have a goal. My goal is to eat your meat. Glory be to God. That's on a lighter note. Next verse. He said, he has not beheld the iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. This was prophetic. Is it that he has not made mistakes? No. But God has chosen to not see iniquity in him. Do you know what that means? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him to be seen for us, Jesus who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, the righteousness of God in Christ. When God looks at you today and you are already born again, he doesn't see your, he doesn't see your flaws, he doesn't see your errors anymore, he sees Christ. Can I have an amen? And the, the writer of Colossians said, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Can I have an amen to that? So he said he has not beheld iniquity. <laughs> in us. He has not found fault with us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This should give you boldness as you make your declaration because God has not found fault in me. You can't condemn me, Mr. Satan. Get out of the way. Ha! I'm a child of the Most High God. He has not beheld iniquity in me. Expression house, God has not beheld iniquity in us. Did you hear what I said? Neither has he seen perverseness in us. And he said, the Lord is God is with him. The Lord our God is with us. Can I have an amen? amen. And the shout of a king is among us. Can I hear a shout?
Glory be to God. The shout of a king is here. Amen. It's a blessing service. So say amen. amen. Verse 22. God brought them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. We are strong. We are blessed. We are highly favored. We are not weak. We are not sickly. We are not moving from hospital to hospital. No! We are strong. We are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And if you are struggling with sickness right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Verse 23. I love this one. It says, surely. It didn't say probably. It says, surely. There is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of expression house, what God has wrought. There is no enchantment. Never you be afraid if somebody says they want to take your name to a harbor list. I'm going to deal with you. I will go to Ijebu for you. People pride themselves in their idolatrous background. If you know where I come from, Christians, where did you come from? If you are truly in Christ, you have no background again. Your background is Christ now. I will take your name. I will take it. <laughs> if fire does not come down to consume you, the harbalists are not the charms. Then come back and call me a bastard. Because he said, surely there is no enchantment. There is no enchantment against Fred. I don't know about you. <laughs> there is no divination against Akiola Elebe. I don't know about you. It doesn't work. No. For he said in Isaiah 54 and verse 17. From verse 16 he said, I've made the waster who destroys. And the coal smith, give it to me now. I've created the smith that blew the coals in the fire. And that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster that destroys. Not to destroy. That destroys. Next verse. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Did he say they won't form weapons? But will it work? It won't work. It won't work. My wife and my children were working on the estate a few days ago. They went to buy something on our estate and they were coming back home. And they said a guy in a white Camry, Toyota Camry, rolled down the glass. They thought he didn't know his way and they wanted to ask for direction. And so my wife stopped, being a Christian, nice, to give this guy direction. And the guy began to say, My children were there to testify. My wife said, the blood of Jesus. He rolled up his, his, his glass, sped off. I said, ah, I wish I caught him. That day, I would have commanded the car to stop working. The car knocks down. Now, engine, knock. Now, you got the wrong person. Roland, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would have pronounced, now, never speak again. Continue that. In that manner, continue. Continue in that manner. There is no enchantment against Jacob. One time, somebody tried to harass my family with sacrifice. They brought sacrifice to my mother's house. My mom called me on the phone. I went there very quickly. 
I saw it. I went to the room of the man that brought it. I, I banged the door. He didn't open. I said to him, the next time you put this sacrifice, you bring a sacrifice and you die there. Now listen, this is how you will die. You will not die falling down. You will die with the sacrifice. I told him that. I said, that's the best way for you. Because if you fall down, they will think someone else put the sacrifice and it mistakenly killed you. No, they will know you brought it. End of discussion. End of story. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just a new generation pastor speaking English. No, 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 no. No, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him shall I trust. You must know who you are. We live in a wicked world. You must know who you are. Psalm 74 verse 20. He said, have respect unto the covenant for the dark places of this world are full of the habitations of cruelty. Do you know who you are? Somebody will show you a charm. And then, ah! <laughs> Somebody brought out a charm some time ago. I said, I've never seen charm before in my life. Except sacrifice. I said, bring it, bring it. You don't walk again ever in your life. I said, let me touch it. So somebody hid it somewhere to afflict them. And you don't come to this church with charm in your pocket or your handbag unless the fire of the Holy Ghost will find you out and disgrace you. And you don't come to this church with hard drugs in your pocket. Tramador. And everything that you sniff. If you want to come with the instrument of the devil, drop them outside, very far from the gate. And come and be saved. And don't go back to pick them up. A former commissioner was telling my wife and I last two Sundays ago how he saw a viral video on the internet in a church service. And some Yahoo boys were drinking a cord. They were sipping it gradually. They would sip it and keep it. Sip it. They didn't know someone else was filming them. In the church service, in the presence of God, you will never be alive to do it again. So don't, don't bring it here. Shame about me. Now don't take nonsense. So I, 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 there are some, I, don't, I don't take it at all. I, I don't want your money. So I'll tell you the truth. This is a house of salvation. The house of God. Come and be saved. I love you. Jesus loves you. But don't bring the instrument of the devil to the house of God. Children of God, when you know who you are, nobody can intimidate you. It's not a matter of size. You might be very short. It doesn't matter. In the realm of the spirit, you are a giant. First John 4, 4 already speaks about you. You are a giant. It says, uh, you have overcome them. <laughs> you have God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can I have an amen to that? Yeah. One of our sisters in UI, many, many years ago, she was in the ushering ministry here. One night, got into an argument with another lady in one of the female hostels. And ladies was trying to intimidate her. Do you know who I am? And my sister got up from the bed and said, in the name of Jesus, who are you? She started manifesting. Fell on the floor. Started twerking like a snake. Like a snake. Ah. Bringing out the tongue. All the roommates, they ran out with their head. <laughs> my sister didn't know. She stayed there and began to cast out that devil. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Until she was fine. Last day of argument. The last day. The kingdom of God is not in talk talk. It's in power. Are you not the children of light? 
First John 1 John 1.5 says God is light. Who are you? Are you not children of light? So when you go to a dark place, you don't need to bring light. You are light. You are a child of light. You bring light. Amen? And you light up the place. Can I have an amen? It's part of your prophetic blessing. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever tries to curse you, obey, Balak could not get Balaam to curse them because God had blessed them. He got to a point, he was annoyed with this hired, hired commercial prophet. And said, I, I hired you to, to curse them, you are blessing them. He said, how can I curse whom God has blessed? No one from today will be able to curse you. Amen. I said, no, whether secretly or openly, they will not be able to curse you. Amen. Let's go to the patriarch Jacob. We saw Isaac last week. We'll close that Jacob today. We can't go too far because I want to stop this service in another 10-15 minutes max. And then I'll take it again from there next week. Jacob was now living in the house of his son, Joseph, who was the most powerful man in the world. Most powerful because he was the prime minister of Egypt and Pharaoh had already anointed him. He said, look, my people shall be ruled by your words. When there was famine in the land, they didn't go to Pharaoh, they went to Joseph. When they went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, go and meet Joseph. Whatever Joseph says, final. If he says, go and sell your land, bring money, sell it. <laughs> he was in charge. He was in charge. And now his father, stricken in age, was living with him. On this particular day, Joseph went to get his boys, Manasseh and Ephraim whom he had given back to in Egypt. They were Egyptian citizens. They had the passport of Egypt. It's like being an American citizen today. Egypt was world power at that time. There was scarcity. There was famine everywhere in the world. Only in Egypt was food. So Joseph was bringing his boys, and the slaves opened this mighty door that was towering above the palace that Joseph called home. This was a, this was a huge edifice. And I could imagine Joseph and his boys stepping on the large marble stones as they walked through the long corridor that had the frames of the pictures of the godless and, the, sorry, the powerless gods of Egypt adorning the walls. Joseph and his boys were dressed in royal blue, maybe a little bit of purple also that symbolizes royalty. And I could, I could imagine these guys having gold chain, 24 karat gold, hanging on their necks, smelling fresh, Wearing the most expensive perfumes in the world. And these boys had some few beards. They had some muscle. They were 17. They were walking with their dad. The most powerful man in the world. How would you like your dad to be the most powerful man in the world? And you have all the protocol of saying, Sir, yes, sir. To shut, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Including Potiphar. Potiphar was the army general of that country where Joseph had served in his house and he put him in prison. Now Joseph was prime minister. Sir, yes, sir. Yeah, Potiphar, how you doing? How's your wife? Your adulterous wife. <laughs> if I were Joseph, I'd say that. But Joseph was not, maybe not like me. Praise God. And they walked down the hall and the slaves and the servants opened the door. It was a huge door. And I could imagine this huge palace with the regal splendor of a king. 
And in the middle, in the middle of that palace was the patriarch Jacob. A man full of days whose pot belly was full of the blessing of the Lord. This was going to be the messenger of the prophetic blessing. He sat. He was sleeping on his couch before. But somebody came to him quickly and said, Joseph is coming. Joseph is coming. His excellency is coming. His coming must be announced. So they quickly, when I'm, I'm calling an event and a governor is coming in, the orderly will quickly go, Brr. His excellency is here. He's at the door. I said, who is that? He said, his governor. Said, oh, okay. The moment he enters, you announce. And everybody must be upstanding. Joseph walked in with his boys. Oh, this guy is here. It's a way royalty walks. Some of you, you, you walk like this. I don't, I don't understand you. Eh? And if you're a daughter of the king, there's, there's a way you can't walk. Amen? I mean, there's a way. You, you don't, you don't walk. <laughs> so what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Eh? As they walked in, they saw, they saw the patriarch. And the patriarch asked, he prophesied and prophesied, he asked, who are these? Because he had never seen them. Genesis 48, go to verse 7 now. He had never seen them. He had never met them. Mm. I think the Lord will want me to say something before that verse. Because I need to bless somebody here. Somebody's in this service physically and somebody's watching online. And there's something I, I was about to miss, but I will not miss it for you. Go back to verse 2. Jacob spoke about his wife, Rachel, who died on the way to Ephrath. When they were just a little way to enter the promised land. Genesis 48. Let me take it now from verse 4, from verse 5, from verse 6. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. Verse 7. And as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel, your mother, died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way when, we, when there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. Some people die. When they're about to get into a milestone age. Some die. When they're about to get into limelight. Some dreams die. When they're about to get into productivity. Some businesses die. When it's just a step to breakthrough. I reverse that over anyone here this morning. And everyone here this morning. In the name of Jesus. Dying at the verge of a breakthrough. Is not good. Two weeks to graduation, they had a car crash. One week to wedding, they died. One day to their 50th birthday, people died 19, 29, 39, 49, 59, 69, 79. It's not good. Just a little way. Some just a little few more steps into being engaged and getting married. Something happens to their fiancé. My wife and I were watching in Hollywood. <laughs> I hardly watched, but it was dinner time. So 
I didn't care. We were eating and watching Nollywood movie. And this guy, this, there was a lady who was raped when she was much younger. So she grew up hating guys. But this particular Odulade guy liked her and really wanted to marry her and did everything. And then finally she succumbed and then they got engaged and they got married. And the guy was, oh, he was too nice for a husband. I mean, the only kind of husband that exists in the movie. Praise God. <laughs> you know that kind of husband? Pecking every time, kissing every moment, buying everything. No, 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 no don't do anything. I will deliver your breakfast in bed. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> I have a daughter here. She's in Nollywood industry. And I'm saying this because of you, because I want you to get this. In every industry where God has planted his own children, he wants you to excel and be the best. Now, you see, when we're watching that movie, my wife told me, she said, now, you see that something bad will happen. <laughs> so finally, the lady got pregnant, and they were rocking it and rocking it. The guy opened a supermarket for her, a boutique, and they were doing well in business, you know. And then the day of delivery, they went to the hospital, and um, the lady asked for something, maybe shawarma. And then he needed to get some hospital stuff. And so he left the lady and the elder sister in the hospital to go home and pick those things. You, your guess is as good as mine. On the way, he was on the phone. And then they were talking about 45 million. And you know, your guess is as good as mine. His ghost went to the hospital. And brought the baby things, dropped it, and came to her, frowning, because ghosts normally frown. I've not seen one before. Bele. Mm. Even the way they talk, you know this is a ghost. <laughs> and I asked my wife, I said, this ghost is wearing this watch. <laughs> hey! The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to bring excellence to that industry. Amen? God wants us to be the head. Look, why must every good story end tragically? The guy died. The baby was born. The mother didn't like the baby. She would curse her, curse her. Well, later they, they reconnected. Are you telling me we can't have a good relationship that will give birth to a good marriage and we're going to live long and enjoy each other as husband and wife? Why must somebody die in a good marriage? That's What's operating in the mind of that script writer? You can't give what you don't have. But when you're a child of God, you know from the word of God that your life can be beautiful from scratch to end. In between, there will be challenges, no doubt about it. Because the Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, but the Lord, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can I have an Amen. We will end well. Our own stories will end well. Now listen, your story will end well. How did I know? Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is as a shining light. It shineth more and more and more and more unto the perfect day of the Lord. Come on. Joseph came with his sons. Let me fast forward. And he bowed his face to the earth before his father. After the father told him the story of how his mother died and everything, he bowed 
Look at me. With his face to the earth. If you were a 21st century guy who has made it, he would put his hand in his pocket. Yeah, dad. Yeah, you good? You good? Right, 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 right. Oh, nice story, man. I'm sorry, man. That, yeah, forget it, forget it. Bless the guys, bless the guys. I, I, I need to have a meeting with the president of Singapore. He's waiting for me in, in my other lounge. Mm. Even the president of China is coming. Proud people. On top, nothing. Nothing. There is a lesson to learn from the life of Joseph. With all he had acquired in Egypt, he still bowed before his patriarch, his father. He honored his father. No wonder he did well and he lived long, very long. Exodus 20:12 says, Honor your father and your mother. So that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He said, honor them. When a very dishonorable and disrespectful generation, and I have no apologies for what I'm saying this morning. Some of you have cursed the place of your blessing. You need to go back and repent. Ask forgiveness of your parents and ask forgiveness of your pastor if need be. Joseph, what do you have? You don't have one over one million of what Joseph had then. You don't have it now. And he bowed. Ah, no, Pastor Fred, this honor your parent is Old Testament, is old, old school. All right, idiot. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians, no, I'm not calling you idiot, you know. That person that just replied me, I replied the person also. We know each other in the realm of the spirit. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, disobey your parents in the Lord. Because it is right. Hey, oh boy, go and wash my car. Does your father even have to tell you? When you see your, da your daddy's car is dirty, you don't go and tell him, daddy, your car is dirty. You should, by the grace of God, get a slap. God showed you the car is dirty for you to wash it. Amen? Amen? You wash your dad's car, your children are going to wash your cars. It's not because you don't have money. To take it to the car wash. It's a mark of honor. It's a mark of honor. Let's go to New Testament. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Your parents, this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. What is the promise? Scroll up. What's the promise? That it may be well with you. One, and that you may live long on the earth. Two, I never pray. Lord, let it be well with me. Let me make it. Let me hammer but I know I have made it and I will yet make it. And I know I will live long because I do the things that engender longevity. I honor my parents. I don't have physical parents, biological parents anymore, but everyone that is in the parental figure in my life, I honor them. Honor. Parent, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, the hairstyle you are carrying, your dad says, I don't like it. This is a Christian home. Please, look proper. Ah, no, daddy, the Holy Spirit has not told me that. Oh. Holy Spirit has not told you to cut your dreadlocks. 
I was in the house of the Attorney General, immediate past Attorney General, and Commissioner for Justice of your state, two Sundays ago, with my family. And we were talking along these lines. The wife, who is the head, the dean of the Faculty of Law, Leeds City University, Ibadan. I'm not talking about people far away, they're in Ibadan. Now told us the story of their first son, my boy. That's, that's the kind of person I can call my boy. He was going for a job interview. He caught one here. The mother was away. The father was away. They now did FaceTime. So the mother said, Ayo, what's this uh, hairstyle on your head? Ah, mommy, that's what's happening now. I said, no, go and cut it. You're going for a job interview. The person that's going to interview you is your father's friend. Don't give, you don't have a second chance to make a first impression. What some of you don't know is that the people that hold the key to your future, you're already meeting them now. And they're already making assessment of you. So when we tell you do something, you say, no, what is me? I not told me. Don't worry. Co continue. Continue. And one day they say, God, you have not answered my prayer. No, God has answered. If God blesses you enough to give you a pastor like a father. Some of you don't have biological fathers anymore. Like, like me. My dad is late. Maybe yours is late as well. And you come to this church, your pastor should be in the father, should be a father figure to you. And it tells you what is right and what is wrong. You say, no, you can't tell me that. You can't dictate to me. Who are you to dictate to me? Live my life, okay? I will live you. Live your life. Live your life. This is the spirit of the New Testament. That boy went to cut off his hair, looking prim and proper. He did not only get the job. When the parents came back to the country and they went to see the, the employers, they said, of all the people that worked there, within a short time as coppers, he was the best. Then they now began to mention the names of other people's children, big, big people in society. Say that one is an idiot. That one is a rascal. That one, look at that one. He said that day they were glad that they had something good to say. I said, no, it's about upbringing. It's about upbringing. Many parents have failed. They are, looking, they, are, they are blaming Pastor Fred for the rascality of their son. No, you can't blame me. Do your work at home. How many hours did they spend with me in church? Even the, hours, the few hours they spend with me in church, you are lining up by the door. I am Pastor Fred. Pity a man. Tell them what I tell you. To honor, that I'm telling you to honor them. I'm not sending you against them, but for them. If you like, listen. If you like, don't listen. I don't have to live with it. I don't have to. Looking good in itself is good business. When Joseph was sent for from the prison, the Bible says he shaved himself, changed his clothes, and then appeared before the king. There's a way you appear. There's a way you carry yourself as a lady. That you don't look like a prostitute. They don't take you for a call girl. The only way they know that some of you are born again is when you speak in tongues. <laughs> this kind of preaching is not popular anymore because this is the era of grace. Can look anyhow. There are some professions where they will walk you out. If you're a lawyer, and you go appearing before a judge, anyhow, they walk you out. Come here, 
Don't you understand that this is the noble profession? And you come dressed like this before me? Before this revered court of law? What university did you graduate from? What year did you go to law school? Get out of here, please. Do it now. Is that not an international disgrace? In the presence of other people. Pastor Fred has been telling you secretly, change, change, change. Say, no, no, no. Who are you to tell me? Who are you? Eh, who am I? You will know who I am later. Learn from Joseph with all he had. I don't know how much some of you have that we can't talk to you. The money said you don't even have it. To <laughs> eh? proof, buy AC for us now. Buy all the equipment. We need 2.5 million to buy equipment now. Buy AC, buy generator. That, that gel will cost about 15 million. Uh, then I will say, oh, you have money, you have money, you have money. Money you don't have. Degree, you are still struggling. And we can't talk to you. Uh, mm. If you want the prophetic blessing to work for you, you align yourself. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In Malachi, I said, if I were your father, then where is my honor? Do you know there are times that, I'll close here. There are times that even you may be right. Your parents may be wrong. But if you honor them by obeying them, God will still justify you. And at the end of the day, we grant you honor. Not when you fight for yourself and brazen it out. I'll fight it out. We'll fight it to the end. We'll see who shall win. You will never win. My father and the Lord told me one time, he said, look, if the spiritual authority over you tells you to stop doing something, even though you are right in what you are doing, but because of honor, you stop it. He said, the Lord who sees everything will honor you. I've seen that happen in my life. I've seen it again and again. And let me also tell you this. I told them a little story in the first service. My wife and I probably would have gone our separate ways by now. We got to a point in our marriage, we got, I mean, it was so tensed, I was already drawing my, my plan. Step one, step two, step three, step four. I'm a planner. And now, you'll be seeing me on the internet. If that plan had seen the light of day. But you know what I did? In my anger and everything, I went to my father. My father in the Lord. Senior Pastor Alex Oyewole Adegwe. I went to him to seek counsel. Because in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Some of you, no counselor. Nobody can father you. No. If you want to go further, you need a father. We might not know as much as you know. But if I were a father over your life, then a father helps you to see further. I went to him and I said, Dad, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm planning. This is what's happening between my wife and I. He said, okay. We were out of town. When we returned, he said, tell your wife to see me. Both of you see me. So we went to see him in the office. And I was talking my own. She was talking her own. Fata, 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 fata. She spoke about 1,500 words. I spoke about 750 words. I told them 1,000 in the dawn service, 500. I've increased it now a little bit. You know the way it is when a woman and a man are talking. The woman talks more. In most cases. I've seen it also in my son and my daughter. My daughter said, what do you mean? My, my son, very upset. Murewa's friend. He, he has very few words. Are you for real? 
Are you for real? Are you serious? Oh, me that I grew up in Mokola that we used to rehearse how to abuse somebody. Interestingly, my wife also grew up in Mokola, so you know why she's my ogre in that area. Ah, so as if my son, are you for real? Are you for real? I say, uh, Are you serious? Is that how to abuse somebody? That you abuse the person, the person will go and cry. Interpretation, please. Cut the long story short. We left that meeting. Still filming. Then the next day he called me on the phone and asked me to see him. And he said to me, Fred, I saw you and your wife doing trade by butter. You are bantering. Even that day, that day, that day. That one, that one, that one. Uh -huh, okay. He said, that's not how to do it. Go spiritual. You don't attack a spiritual issue from a natural standpoint. You are the priest over that home. God loves you. God loves your wife. God loves your marriage. God loves your children. He has built a beautiful home for you. Do you want it destroyed? Your ministry is doing well. The enemy hates that. Do you want them, your enemies, some of whom you know, do you want them to have the last laugh over you? I said, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. My head quickly readjusted and recalibrated. Pa, pa, pa. Ah! There are some people who are waiting every day to hear bad news from you. They will wait forever. Yeah. He has blessed and no one can curse you. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. I took his advice. I went spiritual. I took authority over that foul devil and I asked, how were you able to manage to enter my home? Out now in the name of Jesus. My wife and I got back. Same page, loving each other. God has been glorified in our lives. Because I can preach to you today. Because I listened to my father in the faith. I'm not asking you to make me your father. I don't have to be. I'm not imposing myself on anybody. I made him my father by choice. And by what I saw Paul the Apostle write in Corinthians, he said, you may have many teachers, but you have only one father. He said, and I begat you when I preached the gospel to you. So, your father in the Lord can even be your age mate. He led you to Christ. That's what is important. You get what I'm saying? That's why you must give them, in fact, he said in Timothy, to count them worthy of double honor. If you give honor to people, your own father, double honor. I so much honored the senior pastor one night when the hotel together. I had my room. He had his room. I served him his food. I was running to my room because I could not wait to see him open the food and begin to eat. He called me as a friend. Where are you going? I said, ah, sir, um, your driver, yes, that brought us from Ibadan. Um, he's in my office. Um, he's in my room. So I want him to eat. I said, come back here. Sit down there and eat your food. You can guess. Throughout the eating period, I was looking down. <laughs> I honor him so much, and I don't want anything to tamper with that. So you bring any stupid gist about him, you are 
in the wrong place. That's my father. He's not perfect. Are you perfect? You too, are you perfect? That's where some people don't apply wisdom. Even in this church. So that God can help you. You see, God, our problem is not God. Our problem is ourselves. As for God, we are blessed. But you can shout it, the kingdom come. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you'll be shortchanging yourself. Joseph bowed before his father. I stopped there. Next Sunday, I will show you how Jacob crossed his hands and blessed Ephraim and Manasseh and put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. The younger brother on top of the older brother and the significance of that to the cross of Christ. Stand on your feet, everybody. I have to stop the service now. Glory be to God. Have you been blessed this morning? Let me now quickly release the blessing on you for today. Let me release the blessing of Joseph on you. Lift your hand for the blessing. I'm going to be in Deuteronomy 33.